0: Hey everyone, it's Matt Mikowski here and today we're going to be talking about the 10 essential people skills you need to succeed. Yeah! Everyone get excited about that one. Alright, so I ended up finding this article on SciencePeople.com, and they have a lot of different things which teaches people about people skills and even have a... Oh, what's that thing called? A quiz that you can take as well, if you're interested in doing that. So, there's a few different things here that we can go through, which will be awesome. So, might as well get started, because it's a pretty long, sort of article by the looks of it. Uh, And by the time it takes me to read it, it'll be like, you know, halfway through next year. Nah, just kidding. Not that far. But, anyway... (laughs) Let's get into it. Let's learn some stuff. Alright, so it says here people skills are an essential part of work, life, and social success. When you have strong people skills, you are better able to pitch yourself, overcome social anxiety, communicate your ideas, and influence others positively. Which is very true. Alright, so and just remember people skills isn't something people are born with, it's something we develop. Over a period of time, we all have to learn how to deal with other people and socialize. Unfortunately, all of us have a different idea sometimes of what that could be. So there are some people who are better uh, at it than others. But people who are really good with people skills generally can bring people together too. Even people who are very different from each other. So anyway, what are people skills? People skills are the tools you use to communicate and interact effectively with others. Okay, there's that big key word there. It's uh, people skills are the tools you use to communicate and interact effectively with others. Alright, a lot of people seem to assume that there's, you know, they might have a really good way of dealing with things or with people. And sometimes you can observe what they do and realize that maybe it's not that great and they could be, um, you know, come across as quite aggressive in their approach. I understand that some people have this real big assumption that if you have to become like this aggressive person to show confidence and all that sort of stuff, you really don't. All right. It's not a sign of confidence, it's a sign of immaturity because you're not learning how to do things in a mature way. Nobody likes to be made to feel small or insignificant or feel like crap. Nobody. So when you deal with other people, would you feel that it's good to do that to others? If you're not liking when people do it to you, do you think that it's a great idea to do it to others? And the answer, most of the time, will be uh, hands—you know—down, no, right? So that's why we're learning about different ways that we can become better at people's skills. You know, this is not just for all of you; it's also for me as well. And we can all walk away from this. You know, learning something, taking something away from it and becoming that little bit better, which is going to be awesome. And hey, if learning about some of this stuff helps you in certain areas of your life as well, where you can walk away from it and, you know, build stronger friendships, build stronger, you know, workmates or, you know, business relationships and networking and all that sort of stuff, then it's, you know, that is awesome. And I hope that's what does happen out of all of this as well. So, uh, what Oh, yeah, we are. (laughs) What are people skills? I've already gone to that part. So, you know, learning to communicate and interact effectively with others. All right. So individuals with strong people skills are able to predict behavior, relate to others, and socialize easily, right? So all these different things that we're learning about, that's our goal. That's what we want to work towards, you know, so that we're able to have a better understanding of people in general so that we can learn to become better ourselves and that way we can also, um, you know, deal with various types of people from various different backgrounds and um, upbringings and all that sort of stuff and be able to find a way to get along with everybody, you No. Know? Uh, So, people skills also are known as soft skills, interpersonal skills, social skills, emotional intelligence, and interpersonal intelligence. Research even has found that people who have strong people skills make an average of $29,000 more per year. Alright, so... If... You know, just as an example, for average job pays you like fifty grand a year, then people who are developing their people skills and getting along with people, and you know, just a joy to be around to a certain degree, are making twenty nine thousand dollars on top of that. Right? Now, it doesn't mean that obviously that's going to be the case in every single job, but I can guarantee. If you learn the ability to be better with people and learn how to get along with people and you know just do there's simple things that people do you know my wife is great with people skills you know she remembers things that are important like you know things about people's families uh when birthdays are all sorts of different things so every year when certain things happen around certain times she'll actually just you know get together with a group of people and do something special for them and that's something where having good people skills actually really works so effectively and she'll even do it not just for the people that she works with but for people in upper management as well um, just to show them that she you know listens to them and actually does care about them as a person and wants them to have a great day and all that sort of stuff so you know little gestures like that do go a long way and because of that she's working for a company that's really fighting to have her stay at that particular place. So that's how you can actually end up increasing your income due to having really good people skills. Anyway, people skills are one of the most underappreciated areas of career development. In career development, we are lucky if we have the occasional soft skills training or communication course. Um... And this person goes on to talk about interpersonal intelligence, PQ, and IQ. Alright, but we won't go into that part. What we really want to get into is the part down below, which is the 10 people skills everyone should know. So in the first part, we've learned about what people skills are and how having effective uh, people skills can actually help you go far uh, and they've referred to it in the career sense where if you're in a career and you want to make more money developing your people skills is actually going to benefit you greatly so it's something that we should all work on right so the 10 people skills everyone should know this is the ultimate soft skills list uh read through the following people skills and examine your own interpersonal strengths and weaknesses here at the science of people lab we have found 10 skills that come up over and over again with highly effective individuals so this is pretty much like your cheat sheet into learning what is the most effective skills to have so people skill number one socially assertive Do you stand up for yourself in social situations? Do you feel confident interacting with others? Are you assertive with your social needs? Uh, Social assertiveness is essential for conserving social energy. We only have so much social energy to spare. If you are socially assertive, you are able to save and spend your social energy in the right ways. If you lack social assertiveness, your energy is wasted on the wrong people, in awkward situations, or not aligned with your social goals. People with high social assertiveness have more focused social energy and have more clarity in their interactions. People with low social assertiveness feel out of control in social situations, are addicted to people pleasing, have more toxic people in their lives. People with high social assertiveness are able to establish boundaries, stand up for their needs, and tell people no. So it says it has a little action step for us at the end. So extroverts, ambiverts, and introverts all have different levels of social energy. Figure out if you are an extrovert, introvert, or ambivert so you can spend your social energy efficiently. Alright, so there are different things that we can look up on Google and find out. So really what it's teaching here is if uh, having a good, uh, the first people skill, number one, that is really good to have is being socially assertive, which basically means if we look at the social assertiveness people or people who have high social assertiveness, uh means that We need to get into a habit of establishing boundaries with people, alright? You can stand up for yourself and there are ways of doing that without coming across as like, you know, an overly aggressive type of person. Standing up for yourself doesn't mean you have to get up, you know, get into an argument or get into a punch up or any of that sort of stuff. It just means if people are making you feel a particular way, there's nothing wrong with actually turning around and saying, listen. I get what you're trying to do. I don't feel comfortable in a particular thing, and I'd appreciate it if you stop doing that. All right There's nothing wrong with saying stuff like that, and also telling people no, you don't have to be um, you know it's oh <laughs> it's good to say yes to people you know, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be helpful, but don't do it at the expense of burning out. Right, It is okay for you to turn around and say no. Many, many years ago, because my wife uh, is a really loving person. She's got a big heart. And she's always wanting to help people. And many, many years ago, she did it so much to the point where you know she was out almost every night, uh, helping out uh, friends with different things. And it got to a point where she just started to burn out. And she actually had to go to and uh, the doctors about it because what was happening was that um, she was just taking on so much stress from other people that it was really affecting her health at the time. So, And the doctor actually advised her to actually just take a break from whatever it is that you're doing. You need to take a break. So she ended up having to just say no. And um, yeah, sure enough, a lot of people got a bit crabby about it at first. And uh, some people even cut her out of their life because she refused to come and help them and all that sort of stuff. But eventually, everything ended up working out in the right way. And now she has learnt to say no to things and, you know, distance herself if she feels like things are getting a little bit too, you know, full on. And it's actually helped her And the end of the day. So it's been really, really good. So anyway, so that's that. So people skill number two, craft a memorable presence. Are you memorable? Do you make a strong first impression? Do people remember your name after meeting you? Uh, That is a good question. I really don't know I think sometimes I make a good impression sometimes for the wrong <laughs> reasons but I think that's everybody to a certain degree but anyway people with a great presence have an easy time making lasting connections and are extremely good at rapport building Right? your presence has a direct relationship with your ability to create lasting personal relationships and build a network if you have a strong presence People gravitate towards you, remember you better, and... Oh, <laughs> I really stuffed that up, haven't I? All right, so if you have a strong presence, people gravitate towards you, remember you better, and are more likely to work with you, all right? People with a weak presence struggle to get clients or make friends, frequently deal with people forgetting their name, and feel awkward in many social interactions. So what we need to do is learn how to create memorable uh, a memorable experience sort of thing when we meet people. So, people with a memorable presence and these are the sorts of things that we need to try and learn to do in our own lives, right? Leave a lasting first impression, have a robust network and quickly build rapport. So, at the end of the day, it's about making a good impression on people, being friendly, smiling, saying hello, Asking their name, making sure you tell them your name, right? You know, all the different things that we've learned in previous podcasts about, you know, how we interact with people. Those are the sorts of things you need to put into practice, right? So, you know, different things like open-ended questions, you know, uh, repeating their name a few times over a period of a few minutes so that you remember their name. uh, Making them feel important, asking about them. Asking their opinions about stuff, right? People love when you ask them their opinion about stuff. Because everyone's got one, right? It doesn't mean you necessarily have to agree with it. But, you know, to get people involved in the conversation, you need to get them involved in it. And that can, they're all things that will help make a good impression. So action step. Learn how to be interesting. I think everyone has the potential to be fascinating. We just don't always know how. All right, and on here is a link to five easy step, uh, five easy steps to be more interesting. I'll get to that another time. I'll actually get to that and do another podcast. Uh, not like sometime today, and we'll go through that and see how helpful that will be. Okie dokie. All right, so people skill number three, be a master communicator. Do you enjoy public speaking and presenting? Specifically... Are you comfortable communicating your ideas to large groups? Master communicators know how to present themselves and effectively get their message across. Poor communicators tend to think they are unworthy of attention, avoid sharing their ideas, cannot get buy-in on their opinions. I'm not sure if they use the right word in that particular thing because they've used the word buy as in you're making a purchase. But uh, (laughs) they could be right. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, pretty much cannot get buy in on their opinions. Anyway, uh, underappreciated for their hard work. Right, master communicators excel at public speaking, presenting, communicating big ideas to big groups. All right. being a master communicator doesn't mean that you have to necessarily be great at public speaking. Being a master communicator means that you are good at listening, right? That is the key to being a great communicator. Even though this does make some good points, uh, and the point I think that it's trying to make is that you need to be uh, learn to be more confident in you know, sharing things with others and talking with people. You know, that's why it says, Master Communicators excel at public speaking, presenting, communicating, big uh, big ideas to big groups. But I've met people who are awesome communicators, and yet the thought of speaking in front of a large group scares the crap out of them, right? So... (laughs) Just because you don't talk in front of a large group doesn't mean that you're not a master communicator. It just means you're normal, right, like everyone else. If it's something that you want to master, on the other hand, then sure, you know, get involved in different things where they teach you how to become more confident in speaking in front of people and, you know, go on from there. But I will say... I will just read this little action step they got though. Um, I would love to show you how to master public speaking. Most people think this is a skill you cannot learn. Not true. Anyone can learn to be a master communicator. And then they have a video that you can go through on that. All right. But not everything that you're going to do in your life, you're going to be talking in front of people anyway right unless you're in a job or you want to get into a career where you know that's part of it then yes it will be something that you'll need to work on but in all honesty learning to become a great communicator you need to first become a good listener that's how you can become a good communicator as well right so there are some good little points in there though too um you know poor communicators where it says they tend to think they're uh, unworthy of attention or avoid sharing ideas underappreciated you know you don't want to feel that way you know so we need to learn different things to overcome that you know you are worthy right your ideas could be the next billion dollar bloody business you know you just don't know and if you don't put yourself out there you're not going to find out you no, know, most people who um, started all these really successful businesses anyway got laughed at. And Henry Ford got laughed at when he said to people he was going to build a car. Most people went, "What for? What a waste of time!" All right. Um, Thomas Edison got told that you know he was wasting his time doing inventions and all that. Somewhere along the line, anybody you know, men or women, uh, you know, when they first started out in their businesses they got laughed at by somebody who pretty much told them it was a waste of time and a stupid thing to do. But they persisted, all right? and eventually it paid off. All right? And you can do that same thing too, no matter what you decide to do in life. All right? um, if you become a great communicator, that would definitely help when you're pitching ideas to people. So anyway, let's move on to number four. People skill number four. Uh, Sustain lasting confidence. Do you ever feel socially anxious? Everyone feels a little bit of nervousness in some social situations, but the question is, can you overcome your social anxiety? Uh, I know a lot of people believe that they're unable to do things because they might have a medical condition or whatever else. Uh, But there are a lot of cases where doctors also don't get it right. There are a lot of cases too where we convince ourselves we have a problem with something, but it's not. we don't actually have any problem with it. It's just that the thought of doing it makes us feel uncomfortable or nervous or, you know, awkward or whatever the situation might be. So, you know, developing confidence is something that we need to learn. And by developing confidence, it's by, you know, as we talked about having goals in the previous one, uh previous podcasts. Setting goals and accomplishing those that also helps build confidence. So it's really, really important that, you know, we do things which are going to help us become more confident in our abilities and ourselves. Uh, so it is something that we can overcome and learn. Uh, but you also need to find people who can explain it in a way that you understand and grasp what they're getting at. And, you know, find people who've got similar sort of personalities to you too. You know, so if you're reading about someone who has a very similar personality to you and how they overcome something, then it's going to speak to you a lot better than if you read about someone who everyone raves about and is just like, ah, you should jump on the bandwagon for this person because it changed my life, right? It might have changed their life. right. You'll find out by watching them in their actions, not by the words that they say, though. So if you have seen no real change in that person, then obviously it's not really doing much. But you do need to find somebody that you can relate to that has gone through similar scenarios that you have and overcome them. And learn how they did it and see if applying their way of doing things to your life actually helps you. All right. Uh, Where are we? Uh, People who can sustain lasting confidence are able to conquer their shyness and avoid awkwardness. They might have internal strategies or mantras to get them through their anxiety or they have socialized enough to overcome any nervous tendencies. People with high social anxiety avoid social situations even if they would be beneficial to career goals, Uh, feel awkward and trapped, get stuck in their own head during interactions and conversations. Yes, that is true. And, uh, you know, it's very easy to get stuck in that trap. Most of the time, it generally happens if you've um, steered away from social groups and situations for a long time. It can be very hard to sort of. It's not hard, but it feels awkward because it's not something you've done for a long time. So when you go into it, you're kind of like, well, I don't really know anybody. Um, Who am I talking to? But that's why in other podcasts where we talk about, you know, asking open-ended questions, asking people their names, different things like that. That's ways that we can uh, break that social awkwardness um, and discover what people are actually into and all that sort of stuff, you know. You can just start by noticing something you know if somebody's deliberately gotten really dressed up for a specific reason you know you can compliment them on their choice of outfit or whatever else or um, you know if they're wearing a shirt which is like of a band or something like that you know you can ask them about different things like that if you overhear things in conversations you know that's the best way is sitting and listening sometimes and then pretty much mentioning certain things in conversations when you talk to them it's a that's a bit of a cheat sheet for you too right so (laughs) anyway people who can sustain social confidence are able to excel in most social situations uh, feel awkward and are not able to overcome it feel more excited than anxious when socializing hang on people who can sustain social confidence feel awkward and are not able to overcome that doesn't seem like it's in the right spot to be honest (laughs) anyway do you have social anxiety make sure you know the signs and symptoms and use our tips to conquer it (laughs) Okay. obviously maybe some of the tips are in through doing the quiz and whatever else but listen to overcome social anxiety if it's something that you're wanting to overcome you just need to get into a habit Of starting small and, you know, having conversations with individual people. And then maybe move it up to having conversations with two or three people at the same time. Alright. And um, changing who you talk to. So you're talking to different people all the time. Uh, And pretty much putting different things that we've talked about in previous podcasts into practice. and And pretty much training yourself to be more confident in you know social situations and eventually you'll be able to be in big groups and all that and it won't bother you as much because you'll know what to do you've already trained yourself slowly to you know be more comfortable in these social situations but also mind you a lot of this they're referring to people who are in careers and you know wanting to network with other people and all that sort of stuff but we can apply some of these principles into our day-to-day life as well. So, let's move on to the next part. People skill number five, be an excellent conversationalist. All right? How do you get past small talk? All right. Whoever's written this article has a book called Captivate. They talk about the idea of big talk. This is when you level up boring, predictable, small talk into deep, memorable conversation. I believe that most interactions happen in three levels. The first five minutes, this is your first impression and when you decide if someone is worth getting to know. It can happen professionally, romantically or socially. This level is the front door. Can you get invited inside someone's inner circle? Yep. Well, when I actually did uh, door-to-door sales many, many years ago, they said that the first, I think it was first 20 seconds... Is pretty much all you have to make a really good first impression, but that is to sell something to somebody, right, or getting them to change over from one service to another and whatever else. In the first five minutes, you're going to learn a lot about a person, especially in a social group, because that's when people sort of bring out uh, their social personality, you know. They'll either, you'll get people who are themselves, you'll get people who are pretending to be someone they're not, you'll get some people who are overly, you know, over-the-top crazy and whatever else. And yet, funnily enough, when you get to see some of these people individually, you'll learn that in some cases, they're not anything like, you know, big group social self, you know what I mean? (laughs) So (laughs) it can be very awkward sometimes. But... The first five minutes will give you an indication of the sort of people that you want to hang out with and get to know. So the first five hours, once you've made it past the first level, you get to have a first meeting, first phone call, first date. This is when you move past first impressions into rapport building. And then the first five days, this is the final level. You want people in this level who you would be happy to do a weekend road trip with. It's the ultimate level of trust and connection. This could be romantic with a partner, but it could also be with a long-term business partner or best friend. Conversation is the key to moving up these three levels. People who struggle with conversation, one of the other things to say, do not know how to open a conversation with someone, have lots of awkward silences. Uh, master conversationalists know how to engage in memorable conversation and keep it going can easily get past small talk into big talk Uh, use conversation as a tool for everything from rapport building to socializing to flirting to sales so it's that's why open-ended questions I keep coming back to that but are also really great to use especially in conversations because it gets people talking um more than just about what you've asked them about so you know during the time that you're having a conversation with them they're going to express not just the thing that they're interested in at um that you've asked them about but they'll also end up opening the doors to other different things that they can talk About as well which will give you more things to ask about and talk to them about so but being an excellent conversationalist is something that we can all learn how to do and we've you know if you listen to some of the other podcasts you'll know that if we put these different things into practice we will become better at that specific aspect in our life right so people skill number six Oops, excuse me. Uh, Highly likeable. Would people describe you as as likeable? Is it easy for you to get people on your teams or influence others to your point of view? Likeability is an important facet of trust. We often hear about being authentic or genuine. These are all aspects of likability. In order to like someone, we want them to be congruent with their words in and actions. We like people who we feel are showing us their true selves. Psychologist Carl Rogers described a concept calling self-actualization which speaks to how closely people show their real self compared to their ideal self. Uh, so it's got a little chart thingy here where it says I actually oh. Uh, I'll just look up quickly what the word congruent is. The thing that I hate about some of these articles sometimes is they always have to use real technical terms. And to be honest, I hate using technical terms because I think it defeats the purpose. You want everyone to understand what you're talking about. So congruent. The rules may not be congruent with requirements of law. In agreement or harmony. All right, so that's good to know. And uh, actually, so I'm assuming incongruent will probably mean the complete opposite. Let's see. <laughs> it, what is incongruent behavior? This is opposing concept of mood-congruent behavior, which is when expressed actions and emotions are consistent With how the individual actually feels such as smiling when happy and frowning when sad mood incongruent can also be used to describe certain delusions okay that's good to know anyway let's get back to what we're actually talking about so i'm not becoming distracted so with this it's got incongruent, self-image, ideal self. Right? They've got these two circles, and the circles sort of connect to each other, but underneath it, it says the self-image is different from the ideal self. Uh, there is only a little overlap, and here self-actualization will be difficult. Right? So they're not they're people who want to be perceived in a particular way, but their real self is completely different. Pretty much what we've mentioned before. So congruent self-image and ideal self, and uh, the circles sort of join together a little bit more than the previous one. The self-image is similar to the ideal self. There is more overlap, and this person can self-actualize. All right, so people who are not likable have trouble getting people to listen to uh, to their ideas, feel they have lots of potential, but rarely act as their ideal self, and frequently feel left out or like the odd man out. All right. It's also people who have got low self esteems of course, can feel that way. So, you know, obviously, if you do have a, a low self-esteem, then we need to work out how... You can implement certain things in your life to learn how to see yourself in a better light, because at the end of the day, I guarantee you are more amazing than you think you are all right and you're not giving yourself enough credit, so that's where you need to develop you know certain skills so that you can overcome certain obstacles and you know show people the real self and feel confident about who you are. Highly likable people are highly respected and often asked to join in on teams, social engagements and groups, feel their ideal self and real self are closely aligned and are asked their opinions by others. Also, if you're, you know, respected in a certain, like, group because you have a lot of information that you can share and you're very humble about it, you generally do get asked for that sort of thing too. But being likeable is that. It's being a humble person. It's being someone who shows that they genuinely are concerned about others and not just themselves. So there's lots of different things that we can put into practice to become a likeable person. Right, action step. Making friends as an adult is a skill. It used to be so easy when we were younger. We had school, camp and sports to bring new people together. As adults, we have to work at it. Uh, And they have another step-by-step guide on how to make friends as adults. (laughs) Alright, but they make a good point there. When you're a kid, you don't care about the same sorts of things that you concern yourself with when you're an adult. You know, look how easy it is to make friends. I mean, my youngest son is seven years old and he tells me that he's got heaps of friends. And lots of people do like him because he is a sweet kid. But he also finds it very easy to just interact with people and and talk to people and all that sort of stuff and he's really good with it. So it's not a surprise that he does have a lot of people who like him. And as a kid, it's easy to sort of do that, you know, be likable. And, you know, because most of us are quite sweet-natured when we're younger, you know, the odd one of us will probably be a bit of a brat, I guess, but, you know, it happens. It's, it's, kids are exactly what their social environment is like at home. So if they have a, you know, pretty tough home life, then at uh, school they're, it's going to reflect, you know. So there's all sorts of different things that we go through. But uh, making friends... Actually, I covered this on one of the other podcasts. One of the easiest way to make friends with people and, you know, have conversations is by joining up with different sort of community groups or hobby groups or interest groups where you've already got a head start because talking to people about those particular things... Is your way in. Because that's what everyone's going to be talking about. So anyway. Let's move on to skill number seven. Exceptional at decoding emotions. Would you consider yourself highly perceptive? People who are good at reading people. Are exceptionally strong at knowing how others think and feel. Decoding people, having a strong sense of intuition and being very empathetic are the emotional intelligence aspects of interpersonal intelligence. When we look at interpersonal intelligence or people skills, there are three main branches. Emotional intelligence, social intelligence, intrapersonal intelligence. Emotional intelligence is how intuitive or empathetic you are. Social intelligence is how you translate your emotions when around others as well as how responsive you are to their emotions. Intrapersonal intelligence is how well you know yourself, your social needs and boundaries. Everyone has different strengths and weaknesses in different aspects of interpersonal intelligence. People people who struggle with decoding, struggle with empathy, have trouble reading and interpreting body language and facial expressions and often miss social cues. People with exceptional decoding abilities can speed-read people and their intentions, are very good at interpreting body language and facial expressions, and are very intuitive. Yes, but also don't become cocky with it. If you are good at reading people, you know, don't come across as arrogant and thinking that you know everybody. The best and easiest way to avoid embarrassing yourself all right at the end of the day is by clarifying things by asking questions all right oh i know this this that and the other about you you know i was just curious as to whether you know this happened or you know you like that because of this particular reason or you know have you had this sort of thing happen Asking questions is going to get you out of a lot of trouble, because then, when people actually clarify that what you've predicted is true, then you know it's giving you that reassurance that you're heading in the right direction but if there are some people who assume that they're great at reading people, they're very intuitive. You know, I've had people turn around and say to me that, you know, I was a particular way and, you know, started telling me all about myself and they were probably about 5% accurate and 95% dead wrong because they never took the opportunity to get to know me properly. They just assumed that they were really good at doing something and then started, you know, doing this whole Try and read me thing and all that sort of stuff. So please don't be that sort of person. Make sure that, yes, it is good to, uh you know, as they say, exceptional decoding emotions. You don't have to be exceptional, you, know, you just have to be smart with it. Right? That's the thing at the end of the day. You know, some of the articles that I read just you know say everyone knows i'm not even going to 100% agree with everything that they say in here yes there i think here's the thing in today's society there's new things that come out about lots of different things and i think that at the end of the day it just confuses a lot of people you know when people talk about oh having emotional intelligence and all that a lot of people just like what the hell is that you know what i mean (laughs) like don't get too bogged down with all these different Things and technical terms that people are coming out with, right, if you want to be good at reading people or understanding people's emotions, right, yes, some people have developed a real good intuition for um sensing what people might be going through because of life experience right you've met people who have gone through the same sort of thing, maybe you've gone through it yourself. Uh, And all these sorts of different things. So it generally you can tell the signs and figure out what's going on with people. But never assume that you're right. Always ask questions to find out and clarify whether you're on the right track. Because you don't want to come across as someone who's a bit full of himself and a bit of a know-it-all. Anyway. So... Yeah. A lot of of this particular article is also used because this person wants to promote a product that they're trying to sell as well. So anyway, so people skill number eight, pitch your ideas. When people ask you, what do you do? Do you know exactly how to pitch yourself well? When you have to pitch yourself uh, or your ideas, can you do so confidently? Pitching is very important. Oh, pitching is a very important people skill for professionals because it happens all the time. It's not just important for professionals, it's important for everything. Uh, And it's not necessarily, I mean, they're using the word pitch. I would say more feel confident to talk about things that are actually important to you. Yeah, you know, it's just like when people ask you, oh, what do you get up to? What do you do in your spare time and all that sort of stuff? And some people won't answer and they'll give a very vague response because they might be slightly embarrassed about the specific hobby that they oh hobby <laughs> hobbic uh a hobby that they do or whatnot. Right, you don't have to feel embarrassed about the things that you're interested in. Right? Feel interested in a particular thing, right? Just tell people about it you know sure some people might not understand it some people might laugh you don't have to give everybody you know like the same sort of version of the story you can shorten it for people who you think might not understand why you like it and you can sort of expand on it to the people who show more interest Yeah. so anyway where is it pitching is very important skill yeah okay not just as alright so let me re-read it pitching is a very important people skill for professionals because it happens all the time not just at networking events with your elevator pitch but also during every meeting when you are asked your opinion in emails when you introduce yourself and on conference calls now I know it is never easy to brag about yourself but you should be able to generate excitement around your ideas here's the big question Alright. right bragging is the wrong term i would say for that you never want to come across as bragging that is not a good people skill to have right coming across as someone who's boastful and you know a bit full of themselves that's pretty much to me what is associated with bragging but there's nothing wrong with telling people that you're good at something either all right it's just all in your approach. All right? You don't want to come across as someone who's arrogant, full of themselves. Right? When you develop good people skills, you can actually talk about yourself in a particular way where you are complimenting yourself and telling people what you're really good at, but in a way where you're not making fe- uh, other people feel inferior or like you're better than them. Okay, so that is a really key thing too. So when you talk about yourself, can you get people excited to work with you? People who struggle with pitching themselves and their ideas feel anxious when talking about themselves. Undersell or minimise their successes. Miss opportunities because they feel undeserving or are afraid to speak up. They are things that are true, right? And they're things that we want to tend to avoid. And I think most of the time it's not necessarily that we generally feel unconfident about our idea. We're not confident within ourselves. And that's something that we need to work on a lot of the times. So, and sometimes it can be about the idea as well. (laughs) uh, People who agree that pitching themselves can get people to adopt their ideas or feel confident pitching themselves without bragging. All right. Yeah, there we go. So they also see bragging as a negative, not a positive. So, uh, do you have imposter syndrome is what it says at the end of it. This is the biggest blocker for people struggling with pitching themselves. Make sure you conquer yours. You are worthy. You deserve success. Yes, that is true. All of those things. You do deserve success. Anyway. So... Pretty much with your ideas and different things that you want to get people to jump on board with you from. The easiest way. And this is something that you can learn from women who are great at doing this. All right. Have you ever seen my big fat Greek wedding where they're pretty much talking to, you know, the wife and the the sister-in-law. Talking to uh, the husband and trying to get him to convince him to, uh, you know let his daughter work for the auntie, right? And the first thing they say before they talk to him is we have to make it seem like it's his idea, right? The best way to get people to adopt your ideas sometimes is to make it feel like or or get them to feel like it's their idea and then they'll jump on board, right? So definitely something you can learn with women. Women have mastered the art of that, right? They can get guys to do things out <laughs> It's true. Like I mean, I'm sure there's some women who are just like, oh, I'm not good at doing that. But a lot of women that I've met are actually, my wife is great at it. If she wants me to jump on board with something, she'll make it seem like I came up with the idea. And then it's like half an hour later, I'm just like, hang on a second, what did I agree to? <laughs> uh, after I realized then that it was actually something she wanted and she somehow convinced me that I wanted it too. But hey, you can master that art. You know, people will adopt your ideas and jump on board with it. It's a really good thing to uh, be able to, you know, adopt into uh, becoming more confident with sharing different things. Anyway, uh, people skill number nine. Be charismatic. What is charisma? Most people think that you have to be born charismatic. I couldn't disagree more. Same. While I was doing research uh, for our flagship course, people skill... Obviously the person who wrote the article was doing that They found that charisma is the perfect blend of two essential people skills and traits Warmth and competence We talk about this more in the course that they offer on the site People who are not charismatic are seen as cold or intimidating People have trouble opening up, trusting and getting to know them Are seen as flaky or shallow People do not depend on them easily Are only warm or only competent uh, without both, you are not considered charismatic. All right, people who are highly charismatic are seen as highly warm. They are approachable, trustworthy, and likable. Are uh, seen as highly competent. They are seen as dependable, capable, and knowledgeable. All right. Uh, one thing I did learn from John Maxwell was having charisma gets you through the door. You know, because people who have charisma are people who are seen as very likeable. They just have this way with people where they ask the right things, they make people feel good about themselves. But it's your character that will determine whether that's long-lasting, right? So you can have charisma and we can all develop having charisma in our lives, which will help us get through, you know, that first initial process with people. But the more important than having charisma is having good character and that's something that we need to work. We need to be continuously working on improving ourselves, becoming better at what we do and being amazing around people. And not just because we feel that that's what we need to do but because that's what we want to do. We want people to feel comfortable around us we want people to have a great time we want we genuinely care for other people you know that's something that we want to develop right and lastly people skill number 10 be an influential leader you do not have to be a leading Oh, you do not have to be leading a company or the president of an organization to be considered a leader leaders in both work life and social life are able to get by in Rally teams and generate camaraderie. All right, I do not believe the opposite of a leader is a follower. In fact, sometimes it's great to be a follower. When you are learning something new or want to be taken on an adventure, it's almost impossible to be a leader if you struggle with the three A's. Apathy. Do you love your life? Do you wake up to the day excited? Apathy is when we have a lack of enthusiasm or interest in our lives or the things we do. Leaders fight apathy by choosing to be around people or do activities that truly excite them. Ambivalence kills relationships. If you are ambivalent about the people in your life or the activities in your life, you'll never be able to be a leader. I believe that ambivalence is the root cause of frenemies. Right, Let's just look up what that word means for a minute so that we can all get onto the same page as well because I don't want people listening to my podcast and going, why didn't I bring a dictionary? Ambivalence, the state of having mixed feelings or contradictory ideas about something or someone. Okay, so there we go. Um, And aimlessness. Leaders have direction. They have goals, plans and strategic paths. This guides their actions, making them more purposeful and helps others follow. Leaders fight the three A's. Leaders harness and build uh, build on excitement. They save their energy for people and tasks that matter to them. Leaders know who is on their team and who isn't. They pick people they have in their lives they truly enjoy. Leaders make plans. Leaders are driven in their thought and action and encourage others to follow. I'll tell you one thing that I've learned about leadership. And this is something I learned through uh, reading a lot of stuff about John Maxwell. And he says, everything rise and falls on leadership. If you're leading a group and that group's not performing, it's up to you as the leader to change Right, because the reason why you're not getting the results is because of you. Right, if you're have if you've got a great team, um, you know you're leading this team and the team are doing great. The majority of the time, it's because you have pretty much taught them and trained them specific skills on how to be good people, how to work as a team, how to come together. Right. You don't necessarily have to become an influential leader. Uh, <laughs> there's some aspects of what this guy is saying, or you know, that are a little bit sort of like, eh. I've studied lots of different things to do with leadership over the years. I've led many different groups, and I've spoken in public. I've done lots of different things that I've spoken about, and that. And I can honestly say that to have good people skills you don't have to become an influential leader you just have to learn how to interact with people you have to build more confidence in yourself right and just remember that treat other people in the same way that you would like people to treat you that is the easiest way to develop good people skills anyway There's lots of different things and lots of other podcasts that you can listen to that are going to help you in this thing. I apologize uh, if this is a bit longer than most podcasts. I understand if you don't get through it. Um, But I will have some more amazing ones coming up soon. Anyway, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. I will get you some more awesome content very, very soon. Um, Until then, take care. Have an amazing day and look after yourselves. All right, bye for now.